Hi, everybody, and welcome to We Got Goals, a podcast on which we talk to high achievers about their goals. I'm Kristen Guile, and our guest today is Erica De La Cruz. She is an author, a TV personality, and the founder of Passion to Paycheck. Hey, Erica, how's it going? Hello, so well. How are you? I'm good. We just had uh, a nice little chat where I forced you a little bit to look at my dog over the Zoom camera, but- That was so not forced. That was like the (laughs) highlight of my day. I know your puppy's the cutest thing I've ever seen. That's where we are. When we're working from home, uh, like I said, she is uh, asking to be let out right now. So that's just part of recording a podcast. That is hilarious. While you're working from home. Yep. I warned us all. (laughs) Amen. Hey, working from home is, I mean, usually it's kids coming back and forth. So- yeah, at least Phoebe is marginally quieter than a toddler. So Yeah, exactly. Um, Erica, will you introduce yourself a little bit to our listeners? I, I know I just sort of said you were a TV personality and a best-selling author, but I'd love to hear a little bit more yeah. about what you do day to day, and then maybe we'll go into your backstory a little bit. Totally. Um, yeah, what I do, I love the intro. I love the like taglines to this podcast. What I do is I goal achieve every day. <laughs> Uh, more or less. I feel like so daily now that we're working from home, it feels a lot more like screen time, computer work. Um, but usually like pre-quarantine, I'm working on Passion to Paycheck, which is my company. So we have an online digital membership where girls learn branding, media, mindset, um, getting out of their own way to achieve their biggest goals or dream life and everything else. And it's also an annual event. And the annual event, Passion to Paycheck, is a bunch of TV personalities, personnel from Los Angeles, Hollywood. And that's because I started in broadcasting and I continue to do radio and television. Um, Shortly after I started that, I put out a book with the Chicken Soup for the Soul Publishers. Um, I forgot about them. Oh my gosh. I used to love yeah. those Chicken Soup for the Soul books. Were they not amazing? They were so sweet. Yeah, it was, yeah. And it was just so great to have a compilation. It was like bite-sized. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, bite-sized. What's that new app? I forgot. Oh, Quibi. Yes. Quibi bite-sized TV. It was like the Quibi of the of books yeah. back then. Um, so yeah, the Chicken Soup for the Entrepreneur Soul was co-published uh, by Kyle Wilson. And he's he hopped on and we co-published Passionistas, Tips, Tales, and Tweetables from Women Pursuing Their Dreams. And it was basically um, near 40, 39 female entrepreneurs, millennials kicking ass in their craft, and all their real stories, like the stuff you couldn't find on their Instagram feeds. Um, yeah, doing it and building because I was starting to speak a lot on my backstory and everything else while I was in radio and then branched off and started my personal brand and from the red carpet to the book, when the book came out, that was the demand that created this, the membership for all these passionistas out there. And eventually I wanted to combine the two because I was coaching and then I was doing all of the broadcast stuff, which I love so much. Um, but that was how the annual event was born. I just took all of the people that we watch on television and had them come speak vulnerably about their career trajectories, insecurities, you name it. So it didn't happen this year because of quarantine. So, yeah. but we're on our fourth annual year and we partner with Bumble Biz and um, it, yeah, it's one of the best, yeah, one of the best things. I just love it so much. So day to day, we have a team of three um, managing the Instagrams and the members uh, and then my personal brand team who's very different, which is like 
managing the day-to-day of my stuff, kind of like what time is she going to be where and the kind of logistics of my own, the personal deals I do. Nice. And you were saying that a big part of that was like having the women share their stories of vulnerability and career insecurity. And does that come from how your career arc kind of panned out? Amen. Yeah. It's directly, it's the reason that the book happened because when I was in, uh, starting in radio, I was on the air and everything was hunky dory. Um, but I had been through a lot and I, kind of felt like an imposter, you know, imposter syndrome to the max. And I'm like, if they really knew that my family was so messed up, I don't know, you know, if they would accept me until in radio, actually, one of this, uh, one of our sponsors for the station had me come and speak to at like an all girls conference. It was, uh, it was called girls world. And they asked me to share my story. And once I did the response back was like, Ding, ding, ding. It rang yeah. the bell for everything I was looking for, everything I wanted to get out of life. And it was much different than talking about, I don't know, pop culture on the air for an hour. I was just talking about really uh, controversially crappy things that, you know, I've been through in my life. And every, every girl was either crying or talking about her stuff and everyone just kept coming up. And I'm like, whoa, this is the key. Okay, got yeah. it. Like, you hit Showing, something. Yeah, exactly. Sh- sharing, sh- sharing vulnerably was, <laughs> it was difficult, but when I tested the waters, I'm like, okay, this is great. So yeah, that's how it happened. In fact, my business partner on the book just watched one of the talks that I gave online and that's how we met. So it was crazy. <laughs> yeah. It sounds like it was, it was meant to be, but it all came from opening up so much and like really sort of exposing yourself. Um, and do you mind giving our yeah. listeners kind of a snapshot of like what that backstory is? Totally. Yeah. It, um, when I was, uh, I just turned 19 and I was, I'm from California. So I'm originally from Northern California and I went to college in Southern California. And when I went to college that first year was year one of the economic crash 10 years ago. So I know it's just so nuts. Uh, So yeah, the economy was pretty much collapsing and my parents' business of 30 years um, closed sort of right before I left. So I had a hint that things weren't going to go, you know, they were in a weird spot, but I didn't have any idea what was going to happen, which was essentially the next year, uh, the home that we lived in that my mother designed, built, our handprints are, you know, in the cement of the yeah. driveway. Little marks on this, showing exactly. your height on the kitchen. Yes, like a stunning home too. It was just like her pride and joy. I, I, I mean, like an accomplishment for her. Yeah. Uh, it was foreclosed by the city, but in a really messy way. It's not like, okay, we're getting the news and we have some time to pack. It was, um, it was like a very, it was an interesting battle of them keeping me out of the loop because I was in college and it was my, I was a freshman there. So, but then my friends who were still in my hometown kind of kept me in the loop saying like stuff's happening at your, with your house or in your town and just weird things, weird things. And so 
I think it was kind of like they didn't believe that it would actually be foreclosed, like the mayor got involved and all of this stuff. And I'll just say that when it was time to go back home for the summer, I, I even invited a damn girlfriend from college no. to drive home to my town with me, to stay with me for a few weeks. Oh my God, I'll never forget. And we like drove up to the house and it was um, barred up. There were like chains and the grass was overgrown and there was like weird on the windows and oh my god that must have been like your heart must have just stopped i yeah like i had heard heard a little bit but it's it's like you almost don't think like oh but it's gonna work out yeah. or but it'll yeah pull this through. isn't how my life is supposed to go like it's gonna be fine yeah ex exactly and so i mean i immediately like luckily called my mother and she's like oh it's whatever date it was and she's like you're coming home today i said uh i am home and she had moved in with a, a friend of the family and moved in some of her things and it so began the summer that sort of changed my life because we didn't we did not get the house back in fact yeah. we i remember her like so I went to stay with my high school boyfriend and I was in college at that time. So I was coming to break up with him that summer. No, and I swear to God, I was like, oh yeah, I don't need this relationship. And then I really needed that relationship. <laughs> so then like later I would have to heal that trauma. But from, from that point, I, uh, you know, I took the girlfriend to my boyfriend's family's house and she's like, you know what? I think I'm just going to keep going. Cause she was from, uh, Washington state. And I'm like, okay, bye. So yeah. So we, I remember we, uh, it's probably legal to say this now. We, a couple days later, sort of broke in. I didn't feel like breaking in, but we went through the backyard of our house and yeah. just kind of like lit some candles and cooked some dinner. Oh, I hate talking about this. I'm going to get all yeah, little anyway. <laughs> you know what? It's rare. I share this more often, but just in the moment I was like, whew, taking myself back there. Things hit um, differently in quarantine. <laughs> they do. They really do. They really do. So yeah, we had a last meal. And then the very next day we had to, in 11 hours, pack up an entire home. So it wasn't like moving, like you get days or months or weeks. It was, um, it's like really brutal chaos. It felt really violent the way that, you know, my, my, my mother was just sort of digging up the marble and like the whole house, it felt like it was being taken apart and we, yeah. and I was there for it. And then we closed the doors and, uh, and it was like a little bit devastating. I really tested that fight or flight theory because <laughs> I was like, okay, I guess this is fight. My version of fighting was smiling really politely. Yeah. And I had, but, but I got through it and, uh, yeah, my mother sort of chose in that moment to, to join a, a, a like a voluntarily, a voluntary homeless community mm -hmm. and live off the land where she's now been for 10 years. And so oh I wouldn't God. see her for a few years after that. And it was just like the most difficult thing as a you know, it's just over, I'm still in my teen years. It's like 19, trying to get back to college. And so God bless that boyfriend. His family loves me so much. They know my husband now. They just love, we're not together, but his family was so fabulous because they let, like, they took me in and I got my old job at Jamba Juice, my high school job back. And 
and tried to navigate. Everything is figure outable. That's what I really got is everything. And I'm not great with logistics. I'm a mm-hmm. creative, I'm a visionary. But mm-hmm. once I got onto the computer and started and making the calls back to my college and figuring out what my options were, can I start my second semester? How do I get back there? Um, I, I did. And, and honestly, I had a 1993 Honda Accord that I just packed everything into and went back to school somehow. So my life sort of changed and I had a different college experience than I think I would have. Like I would have been so lax yeah, and probably not, not really everything for granted and exactly. so comfortable. Yeah. Just so comfy. I would have been hanging out, join a sorority, whatever the yeah. hell is going to be happening. And no, instead I was not doing that. Instead, I was actually librarying a lot because I found all these grants and scholarships that I was floored, floored because they were available to the public, like the entirety of the school. And they never had more than 20 applicants. And so, um, yeah, did that, worked like two jobs through high school. And as a result, I got a uh, marketing director job at 20, like 22. I just turned 23. And I, I went into a pretty good, like stable job at the time that I don't know I would have gotten without the, the hustle. I don't know if I should say this, this is politically incorrect, but the balls that I grew from that experience. No, that's perfect. That is very allowed. <laughs> so yes. So yeah, it was a little, it was a crazy run. Yeah. Well, thank you for, you know, I know you said that you're getting used to being vulnerable, but I don't think that makes it any easier every single time. So thank you yeah, for, for sharing that with us. Um, I think now is a good time to transition into one of the questions that we ask everyone who comes onto our podcast, and that is, what's a big goal that you have set in the past? Why was it important to you? And how did you get there? Yeah, I love it. Um, I think one of the most clear cut and dry goals that I set, strategized and achieved was probably the, the my Passion to Paycheck annual event. I had just moved to Los Angeles. I had a book in the space, but I hadn't really met many people mm-hmm. in the city. I wanted to bring people together with some of the biggest people on television that I did not even know, didn't know how to get to them. And I envisioned this because I was going to all these entrepreneurial conferences and they're so damn masculine, yeah. so dry, a little bit. It's not that they're boring. They're just not very cute. Or there, There's not a lot of room for personality, I feel like. Yes. Exactly. Like and you the have media. one. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. The media pop culture component for me was missing from all these entrepreneurial events. But then being myself for a living, that's what I say, is it was interesting because I was also interested in entertainment. And I'm like, there's nothing like this. I can't find one. I haven't been to one. So I wanted to create one. So the big goal was to have a freaking event. I'm like, okay, if 20 people show up, that's going to be fine. But what transpired was just so mind-blowing to me. I was in this, uh, I really believe in accountability. So I love having some sort of mentor or learning from someone so that I can ask others to learn from me, kind of like that. And what my mentor was really talking about at the time was, don't do it alone. Don't do it alone. And I'm like, yeah, sounds cliche. And they're like, really? Like, who can you be? Who can you choose to be on your team to build this event. And I started with like my sister or my boyfriend at the time, who's now my hubby, but I wrote these people down. And then they said, well, what about like, who could benefit from the roles 
that would be needed to put on event like an event like this. And I immediately thought of the girls that I used to coach, the people who I know love this industry as well, an event planner I knew. And if they could put their name on this in collaboration, I felt that they would get such joy from it. And it broke a barrier. It broke a barrier in making requests of someone. Mm. Because if I wholeheartedly thought that it would serve them, I would be requesting it all day because it's something great for them. So I got myself into that state of mind and a team of four of us, and that team is still intact. Now it's like, God, for the annual event, the team grows to probably nine, 10 people in, just in the core, in the core internally. But yeah, four people I enrolled to sort of be on the team, create the event, get on actual calls just because they wanted to build something great. And uh, so, yeah, we, and we ended up with, we got the small room at the Ondas West Hollywood and we sold out. Uh, we couldn't fit more people in there. There was close to 70 and yeah, we've upgraded since last year was about 150 and this year we were uh, on track for 300 and oh my God, I know it couldn't, it didn't happen, but yeah. So I really like talk about a dream fulfilled or a goal fulfilled standing there in front of the audience that day having so many positions manned and so many people who cared about putting it on with me, man, I think it took this, the teamwork. It took someone else believing it, holding each other accountable and waking up to do it now for other people, for the team that wanted to put it on and not just for myself that put that like commitment in place to follow through with it. Mm. It was good. That's amazing. And that's so cool to like hear how much it's grown. And I'm sure you know, as we continue to figure out what the event industry looks like going forward, like people are really going to be craving, I think more connection, however it is, if it's in Me person, too. if it's virtual, like people just want to have that, like just that connection with someone. That's the only way I can Absolutely. say it. Especially I feel like when it's something as personal as like talking about what they're passionate about. Um, so I'd kind of love to pivot to talking about like the community that you're working with. Cause one of the things that we say at A Sweat Life is that everything is better with friends. And it sounds like that's kind of what you discovered when it came to, yeah, when you like put on your first annual event, like you discovered like, this is going to be better if I enlist people to help me. Um, and we, like I said, we're big on goal setting too. So I feel like this is just a great synergy we've got going. Exactly. um, Amen. So what, sort of like questions, what concerns are you sort of seeing from your community right now in terms of like how this pandemic is affecting them and their goal setting or how is it affecting your goal setting? Interesting. So I feel like a lot of the girls from my community specifically, it's kind of two part. The first real concern is that a lot of especially in entertainment media. Uh, I always collapse the two because if you want to work in entertainment, you can't live by the audition. You have to create a brand that generates opportunity. But a lot of the concern within the, uh, you know, the group of, of women are that in-person events used to be covered. In-person uh, castings and whatnot, lunches, all of these things that are sort of canceled are affecting them. And the answers have really come up with, well, how do you get creative in a digital space? How do you pitch branding campaigns for yourself? And then the part two of this is, well, what if I don't have an audience? And a lot of the time we're talking about Instagram, but it's funny because you don't need an, you don't need 
an Instagram to get influencer level brand deals. You really don't like what we teach in the membership is how to leverage press and features and adding value to make connections, to work with a brand, how to leverage skill sets and talents. Like go pitch yourself to moderate a panel for a digital summit, to host a conference, or um, even if you're in a side hustle, what are you good at? That's a gift. Now monetize it. Someone is waiting for you to come and organize their house, their closet, their shelving, like figure out something socially distanced. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. And go do it. Um, VAs, like virtual assistants, that type thing. It's just all there. And the other thing is connection. A lot of people are like, how do I, I can't meet people and network now. And I'm, it's so funny because I'm of the opposite view that more than ever, we have people at our fingertips that we can reach out to, chat with, uh, collab. A lot of these digital summits have been great opportunities to just cover. Um, Specifically, if you're a social brand or a personal brand, even an influencer, positioning yourself as media and not just, I'm Susie Q and I want to get a pass to your summit, but really covering it like you would media from your own platforms because you're a tabloid too and you're distributing things that your audience is watching. Um, So just maintaining personal brand stuff there and then turning your gifts into something tangible. Um, you know, Fiverr, freelance.com, Facebook groups, putting out a post to then bring the opportunity to you, right? And like mm-hmm. the ease of your comments, just everything you're good at can be monetized. And there are people still in this pandemic willing to pay for it. <laughs> How would you recommend, maybe someone has like had this sort of dream in the back of their head that they've like been thinking about for a few years now, and they're like getting, feeling a little more ready to take another step. Do you have any suggestions for like doing a big like goal setting session or like a vision boarding type of thing? I'm being a little vague here, but I feel like you're picking up what I'm trying to ask. Yeah, no, definitely. I, it's funny because I believe that you actually need, uh, both of those things. And not only do I teach vision boarding, I actually have an annual vision board event each year, but vision boarding is a huge one. In fact, I have a vision board guide where you just map each area of your life. So I would say, don't forget your entire life when you're going for the goal, because like the fragment of a day and like the fragment of a normal day of your life, not Mm -hmm. where you're getting to the Oscars or, you know, you just generated 30 K in one day, but the normal days, that's kind of the measurement of the quality of your life. Mm -hmm. So going into every area, figuring out what a normal day fulfilled would look like. Maybe you're getting on a call with your team. Maybe you're writing X amount of pages if it's a book you want, or maybe you're exercising each day and really visualizing and writing out what a typical day looks like. And then equating that typical day with dollar amounts, because then you're working with a tangible number. Okay, great. What do you need to generate if your perfect day looks like a chef coming in? for you and preparing something or a trainer or whatever it is in your life. Maybe for me, it's like drawers full of the most luxe pajamas. I know what I have to make. My language. Oh my gosh. Yes. (laughs) I know what I have to make to get those uh, PJs. So I would say take the sample of your normal day in this dream life scenario and really figure out what you would need to accomplish that. And then the other thing is if you're ready to step into that dream, go to it fulfilled. Don't just go to don't just go to the dream, like step one. So many people do this backward. It's like a, um, what is it? A architect, when you're going to go build a house, 
you lay a floor plan down. You don't go in and like say, oh, I think we should put a wall here. Hopefully this beam is stable. Hopefully there's no earthquakes. You map every single second of what you're about to build or it's not going to be the house that you envision. So I would fast forward. What does it look like 10 years after what X was achieved? Map it. Then come closer to five years after it was achieved and then come to when it was and then figure out is that distance a week from now, a month or a year, but then you can determine what you need to do in the first year to get to the five and 10. Um, so never go back. If you start now and move forward, you are so limited by what you see in yeah, front of you. I, yes. But if you, exactly. But if you start at the end goal with it in mind and wave your magic wand to all your creating, then it's infinite. Then your synapses are able to fire in ways that allow you to believe this is possible. So that yeah. is awesome <laughs> advice, Erica. Thank you. I, I feel like a light bulb just went off in my head when I made that weird hand motion that no one on the podcast is going to be able to see. Amen. <laughs> I love it. Oh, it's so an audio good. medium. Um, exactly. So you are on a new reality show that is going to come out called Dream Life. Yep. Can you tell me about that? Dream Life. Yeah. In fact, talk about, I mean, if you're, I don't know if, if you're into manifestation, but forever, since we just mentioned vision boards, I was literally like daydream to dream life, daydream to dream life, turning that daydream into your dream life. That's it is phrase. written everywhere possible. And what are the chances and odds that the show that initially was not called dream life, it was, it was called uh, true love story, something they tell us a few months back, you know, the name, the titles changed to Dream Life. And I could just smile and be like, of course it has. It's all over. When I was looking you up before this, I was like, I saw that Daydream to Dream Life all over your website. It is holy manifestation. It's That's so wild. crazy. Um, so yeah, so that airs on FYI uh, Sundays, 10 a.m. And it's really a bunch of boss bosses, I'll say, because it's men and women in the hustle in L.A., um, an Australian love guru, her name is Serena, uh, moves to Los Angeles to start a business. And I was kind of cast in the role of protege, personal assistant, and they were producing a talk show, hers, within the show. And I'm like, well, great. When I wanted to start a business, I hired a business coach. And in the future, I very much would like my own digital and televised talk show. So it just happened to come with, P.S., the whole thing will be filmed, but I got to study under her, learn under her. So I, I, yeah, I, I assisted her in the project and it's all the twists and turns that she goes through uh, to build the business that we go through as a team. And it was a really fun project. It's kind of everyone bouncing up and down Hollywood. Um, you know, some of the cast is dating each other or not. They're making deals. We go on a retreat in one of the episodes. I haven't seen any of them personally, but um, yeah, it's going to be fun. So it premieres this week. And it's funny because at the heart of it, it's just entrepreneurship. And the only reason that I was tapped to, that I was tapped for the role was because I had created Passionista, Passion to Paycheck, about fulfilling on your dreams. And that was what the show was about. So, so many people think if they don't see a clear path to their goals, that they're not achievable. Um, but what if you're so great that something will be created that hasn't yet, like that you haven't seen tangibly erode to. So 
Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited. Well, congratulations. That's awesome. Thank you. Um, I do feel like right now, especially people are realizing that nothing is linear. Like even time does not feel linear right now. So like it's true. There's probably not going to be like a very clear cut step-by-step process to reach these goals, but that doesn't mean that opportunities aren't going to come your way. Is that something that you feel like you've experienced? Oh yeah. No, this is more than ever in the world of quarantine. I think that it is so important to curate your state of being. So I get to-do lists. I get why we make them, but what if you're making a to-be list? Who am like, what is my space going to be today? Who am I going to be? Is it optimistic and trusting that the world is unfolding in your favor? Because the only thing in our control is not logistics right now. It's just our space. I really believe that energy, you know, like attracts like nothing that you like your dreams are calling, like, are they asking you, they require you to become the person to have all of it. Mm-hmm. So who is that person and who would she be being? She be being, I love that. Who would she be being? For wordsmiths. So yeah, exactly. It's like, it's all attainable. It doesn't look like a clear cut path. Believe it. Vibrate at the level of your dream. <laughs> <laughs> is there anything that's been keeping you like particularly grounded or focused right now when everything is pretty chaotic? Yeah. Um, recently, actually, well, a month recently, I did a TM course. Have you ever heard of TM? Transcendental meditation. Transcendental meditation. Yeah. Yes. And I just loved it so much. And meditation is what really keeps me grounded. And it's it's different forms. Sometimes it's like a gratitude journal or a meditation on my own or a guided one. But putting in a practice like TM where they're actually telling you 20 minutes twice a day, it just, it's like it does a load of laundry in your mind so that those thoughts are washed out in the meditation. I love that. And then at night it. when you're going to sleep, it's not all your dirty laundry because you already put them in the wash. So. I've never thought about it that like that before, but that makes so much more sense than the other ways I've heard meditation described. I love that image. Yeah. It's just keeping me um, grounded and safe. It makes me, I think everyone wants to feel safety. And I know that if I breathe and I come back to me, safety is somewhere in there <laughs> because right now in these times, it's sometimes difficult to not feel like you're about to, you're just like on the edge and the earth will move at any moment and you're about to fall off. Your fingernails are clawing if you're already off it. So that's been a really great one for me. Nice. (laughs) Have you been, do you do TM? No. So whenever I've heard people talk about transcendental meditation, they have, it it seems so vague. Like they're all in on this secret that like is really hard to describe, (laughs) which it, it might be. Um, and that's always like made me a little bit nervous. Like what, what am I actually getting myself into here? Exactly. I know exactly what you're saying because I too was like, what is this stuff? And they're like, you don't need to believe in anything. It's just a practice. You don't need to change anything about your lifestyle. And then it's like, you know, on the cover of their website, it's like Hugh Jackman saying best thing I ever did. And all of these other celebs. And I'm glad I did try it, but I will say I'm glad I didn't try and learn it on my own. I went to a formal, it's just two days, two, three days, but they'll teach you the technique and then you'll be way less freaked out. And you'll be like, oh, it's just like a handstand. You just learn to do the handstand. You just do it. Is there like a, like a website or a, a group that you recommend? Um, 
Yeah. I don't know if there's one or many, but the one that I did is just like incredible. It's the official, I hate to say, I mean, they're in all the different countries and cities and it's like tn.org or com. We'll, we'll figure it out and we'll put it in the show notes after this so that Perfect. people can find it. Um, oh my God. We are getting towards the end of our time together. So I want to make sure that I uh, bookend the first question that we asked you uh, with the final question that we usually ask. So uh, give us a little preview of a major goal that you have going forward and why it's important to you and how you think you're going to get there. Ooh, I like this. Wow. This is a great, this is a great show. I love Thank that you. question. <laughs> I'm like, okay. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. So I think that the goal coming up for me is definitely hosting a reality competition series. I love I it. I love it. It is specific. It's like Cat Dealey and uh, So You Think I Can, So You Think You Can Dance. Uh, Nicole Lapin wrote her entrepreneurial book and then hosted the CW's Hatched. I'm ready for my show. I'm putting out the juju and vibes right now. <laughs> um, and and yeah, it's funny because I went to the end and I reverse engineered what that might look like, and it did start with a state of being and then reaching out to key people and just establishing and verbalizing that goal for them mm -hmm. because I know that they're in the right space mm -hmm. to know the people with to the next that need that I sort of need to know slash meet. And then, yeah, a lot of that's trust to begin with, yeah. but after step one, I've got other, definitely other plans. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's, it's really started with a state of being and then meeting the people and verbalizing to them the goal because a lot of the times we keep them like secrets. And yeah. that's one of the yeah. big things that we, talk about a lot in our community of ambassadors and readers and listeners is like the importance of saying your goals out loud, not only to hold yourself to that so personal accountability, important. but because like you need people to help yeah. you. Like you can't 100%. host a TV show by yourself unless you self-produce it, no. cast it, film it. Like you can't do it by yourself. You cannot. You definitely can't. Yeah, absolutely not. And it's funny because we always think, oh, well, who do I think I am to say this? Or they're going to judge me. And in reality, the person saying, this is what I want to do. This is on my goal list. You envy that person. That person is confident. Mm -hmm. They're ready to go like sausage make slice their day. Like, oh man. So yeah, so that's definitely, that's definitely in the works. I'm excited. Awesome. I'll let you know what show. I know. I'm like, ooh, what show is this going to be? Oh, I can't I've always wait. wanted to host a freaking singing competition like Christina Milian. But then I'm like, damn, she sang. But Carson Daly didn't sing. So I don't You've know. got ears. You can hear music. You're good. <laughs> oh my God. I think you just changed my whole perspective. <laughs> I'm now going to put that on the goal list. I left them out even though I wanted to do it because I'm like, well, what do I have to do with the music industry? I can appreciate it. I yes. have ears. Yes. You I are one you. of the consumers. <laughs> you're, you're one of the people who will be able to tell what's popular Amen. and you're a trend maker. Um, Erica, exactly. you were a delight. I had so much fun doing this with you. Can you, Thank you so much. do a little shameless self-promotion and tell us where we can find you on the internet, yes. um, where we can watch your show, remind us of that and Amazing. where we can find passion to paycheck. Yeah. Fabulous. Um, shamelessly promoting. You can come and follow along the journey on the gram. I love the Instagram. It's at underscore Erica Della Cruz. There is an underscore, but if you just put in my name, I'll come up pretty quick. And then, um, the show can be seen on Hulu, 
Hulu Live, all cable networks, um, Spectrum, AT&T, you name it. And then it's housed on Hulu for the rest of the season. So yeah, I'm excited. And then Passionate Paycheck is at passionatepaycheck.com. All the event information, online membership to learn more about media, mindset, all the things we're talking about here is all housed there. Awesome. Erica, thank you so much for coming on the We Got Goals podcast. Thanks, Kristen. And thanks to everyone for listening. We will be back next week with another episode and we will see you next time.